Hello, I'm Josh Wall, and frankly, I love movies. Today's episode, we talk about a man who is separated from his family. To do what? To save the world. I'm joined by my special guest, Brian Taborny, to talk about the 2014 Christopher Nolan critical and commercial hit, Interstellar. Take it away. What's up, Josh? Not much, not much. I'm really excited to talk to you about this because I don't think, I mean, our friend Casey was saying it today that we we don't talk a lot about what we think critically, you and me, about certain movies. We basically yeah. just kind of joke I'm not, around. I'm not like, I'm not an overly critical person about movies. Like I can, I can like turn my brain off when it comes to like a dumb movie and like just kind of enjoy it. But I love, I just love movies that make you think. Mm-hmm. I do. Well, you picked a good one today. So yeah. Interstellar. Um, so, like I said earlier, this movie was released in 2014, directed by Christopher Nolan. Uh, just so uh, listeners know, obviously with every episode, if you have not seen the movie that we're talking about, uh, go watch it and then come listen. We are going to get into heavy spoilers all the way through the movie. So if you don't want it spoiled for you, go watch it, come back and have a listen. All yes, right. Because this movie has quite the twist ending. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, so that being said, we can truck on. Um, okay. so like I said, this movie was released in 2014, uh, directed by Christopher Nolan. Uh, has it really been that long? It has. Yeah. It seems like I saw it. I saw it in theaters and I still think it is the best theater experience I've had with a movie so far. It's definitely one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, it was, and I'll talk more about this when we get into the technical aspect of it, but mm-hmm. I remember I, cause my friend had seen it. And he said it was just like he had to process everything. So oh, yeah. it was like, oh, well, now that gets me even more excited, even though I was already excited because the the teaser trailer that they released for this movie was just perfect with Matthew McConaughey's monologue. That's not in the movie, but it's really cool over yeah, just yeah. a couple scenes of like small shots from the movie and uh, news footage about, you know, space exploration. Mm-hmm. And it's like you don't know anything about the movie after seeing yeah. that. And that's the that's the whole point of that's the whole point of a teaser is to just get your get your interest going. Exactly. And I, I just loved that. Like it, it mm-hmm. just re- really like grabbed my attention. I mean, I was already excited because of Christopher Nolan, but it just it just looked so great. So I was really excited about it. Um, And I, I still think it's one of those movies that like I th- really think you should have seen in theaters like I, I really think that anyone who likes this movie should have at least seen it in theaters when it came out because it was like it was just the like the sound alone was just like incredible for that movie like the sound design the soundtrack everything just had like a huge impact and that enhanced with theater uh theater equipment was just like like mind blowing. It me. was definitely it was definitely made for theaters. Obviously, you yeah, know yeah. It, it, it it was an experience to be had. I actually I remember after I saw this, I was a I was a sophomore or junior in high school. I was a I was junior. A, I was a junior. Yeah. yeah. And I went to school the next day. I remember. And my friend Amanda says to me, she's like, "Did you? Hey, Josh, did you see Interstellar?" And I remember my friends always picked on me for saying this. I like said to her, "No." I experienced it. 
that's a good one. And at, good one. and at the time, my like original review for this movie was it was like essentially I I was blown away by it originally, and mm-hmm. I was I remember just I loved it so much that I said said and I quote my original review was like Christopher Nolan took uh cinema beautiful cinematography, a brilliant performances. Hans Zimmer's score and just brain fucked me for three hours. <laughs> that was literally all that I could possibly think of that would describe the movie yeah. in in its best form. Like at the it was, time, it was sort of like Christopher Nolan's two thousand one. It was yeah. heavily and obviously heavily influenced by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So it had a it had a budget of I think somewhere around. 160 million i think somewhere around there and then grossed over 677 million dollars and it was the 10th highest grossing film of 2014 what 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 draws people to something like this do you think is it just the name of christopher nolan obviously matthew mcconaughey and the performances are in it do you think they know what they're getting into or like i mean put yourself in the mindset of you as like in 2014 like what would draw you to that what drew me personally to the movie was um the fact that it was about that it was about space exploration, which I am really interested in, because I'm always I'm always uh, reading about stuff about like SpaceX and Elon Musk and all that. So I'm very interested in um in space exploration. Mm-hmm. So just uh, when I saw the trailer for it, and my friend, my other friend Josh, not not you, Josh, but my my other friend, we had Josh. not met at this particular point. No, no, no. But um, <laughs> my other friend Josh, who also. Uh, really likes uh, space and space exploration. Um, he told me that we should go see it together. So I was convinced, and I went to go see it with him in the theater. And that's what that's what drew me to the movie personally. I think um, a lot of other people were drawn by Christopher Nolan because I I think I remember in the trailer didn't it say um director of the Dark Knight trilogy? Or something yeah, this like was that? right after. This is two years after, after Dark, Dark Knight, Knight Rises yeah. came out. So he was you know live like riding that high of success mm-hmm. and yeah. So so people obviously knew him at that point. So they, I guess, maybe a lot of people wanted to know, um, what his look or style maybe yeah or, what his style would be feel for yeah like. Uh, people just wanted to see like how he would handle a movie like this that wasn't that was like an original idea of his own. Yeah. So I think that's what drew a lot of people, and the fact that it was Matthew McConaughey. Uh huh. Yeah. And and it's another original sci-fi movie too. Mm-hmm. So I think the originality of it and the the love of yeah space exploration and sci-fi and just like you know Christopher Nolan, you know Christopher Nolan helming something, you know it's going to be big. And yeah, there's going to yeah. be something to think about, or like at least to take away. Yeah, most g- of his movies are like that. Yeah, and they cause discussion, you mm-hmm. know, at some point. So there's there's obviously something, something there. Um, there is an audience for it. Yeah. So, it, but it's a it's a fascinating movie. Um, and his um, I still think that his Dark Knight trilogy is like my favorite ba- uh, Batman iteration. Me too. Yeah, Definitely, hands down. It still is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm a huge fan huge fan of christopher nolan so i was i was there i had to be there and I, mm-hmm. this was one of the first movies i remember seeing by myself because i i wasn't oh, really it wasn't one of those things where i was like okay my mom my mom doesn't like long movies that much <laughs> and it was one of those times where it's like this i have this window of time because i saw it right before i had rehearsal marching band rehearsal for the yeah yeah columbus day parade or something like that and um 
or Veterans Day parade, and I was like, I have to go see it because this yeah. was like the best window of time that I couldn't wait anymore, and I just had to go. <laughs> and I remember when the movie ended. I remember I was sitting in front of three older women, and I had to, I had to leave, so I stood up and I was just standing, like collecting my stuff, and I like standing there for like five seconds or whatever. And I hear them behind me say, one of them says like, I hate when people stand up during the credits or Wait, something. What? Like, what? Like, what? It's like, oh, I'm sorry, like I have to go. Like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I hate it when people stand up during the oh, credits. Oh God, I want to read the names. Yeah. <laughs> I understand staying for the credits, but like, don't get mad at me for not. Like, yeah. I, I had to go. You know, it's not like, like the credits are like a, a dire like part of the movie that you need to know yeah exactly yeah um so uh, we saw a lot of people um in the production crew that christopher nolan has worked with before obviously Hans zimmer as his composer Mm -hmm. his wife emma thomas as producer um he co-wrote the script with his brother or i believe uh are him and jonathan nolan cousins or brothers uh i think i think his his brother with sorry it is it is his brother okay I thought I thought I read somewhere that they were cousins or something like that. I don't know, but yeah, he co-wrote it with his brother Jonathan Nolan. Is now the showrunner for Westworld on HBO. Oh, okay. um, so he has garnered some more success. Um, but this was they they worked. The, it seems like they worked so hard on this script. They had to make oh, yeah. sure they get obviously the story parts like all make sure it's all interwoven well, and to make sure the science you know makes sense was accurate yeah so so that's why they got um uh kip thorne yeah they got kip thorne to um uh be their like scientific consultant on black holes and um uh relative time theory and whatnot um so yeah i thought i thought that that part was also very i like i appreciated that part that part of the production of it a lot because um uh because I don't even know what to say like just just the fact that they got someone who is an expert in what they were trying to get across in the film was um I don't know it's just something that I appreciated a lot you gotta sneeze <laughs> bless your soul yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay um yeah, it, they 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 didn't just like make it all up, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it's an original story, but they had someone there who is a the- theoretical physicist to help them get the science stuff down. They wanted yeah, to yeah. make sure it was actually like feasible, the story that they were telling her in some way that it wasn't like completely out there and unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. It needed to have some truth to it while also mm-hmm. being fiction at the same time. Um, so, like I said, you know, it's it's very it. It is a popular movie, but it's also kind of a... Um, I remember when it came out, it was kind of a split movie. You know, some people like it. Some people liked it. Some people yeah. loved it. A lot of people thought it was just like, what is this? I'm not that impressed with it. Yeah, a lot of people didn't like the um the ending to it. Like, yeah. uh, there were a lot of people who, like, didn't understand the ending or, like, couldn't wrap their minds around it. It is... I mean, it definitely is one that makes you think. And I, I am very happy that I got to um, re-watch it last night because I, the mm-hmm. last time I watched it, I think, was a, two years ago, maybe... Maybe even yeah. a little bit more because I, you know, I, it, it's not one that I'm going to watch over and over and over again in the, in a certain period. You know, I yeah. need to space it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I, I was very happy that I, I did rewatch it because there were a lot of things that I noticed that I like. I, I have a couple more issues with the movie than I did before, and I, I noticed certain things about like kind of the directing style that I did enjoy. Yeah, that, yeah. that stuck out to me. So, 
I loved this movie when it came out. I thought it was just a, they're so close to being perfect. Yeah, they have yeah. no flaws with it. Now I think it's really good. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I still think it's one of Nolan's probably one of his best. I would say probably top five. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not perfect in my opinion. No, because there is no perfect movie. <laughs> true, that's true. But it's it's not. I don't think it's as amazing as when I first saw it. I see some yeah. problems in it. Because the more times you see something, the more you're going to be able to analyze its problems. <laughs> yeah, you know, diff- you see it through different eyes mm-hmm. each time. Um, so. We, I, so the the film opens with the Warner Brothers logo and the Paramount logo, and it's in brown. It's, it's a very brown right. kind of colored opening mixed with like a little bit of gray. Mm-hmm. And and then we open kind of with like a documentary. Of it's, like a, it's a documentary style, and it's almost in the style of like... um um. It looks like it was made in like maybe the 90s or something like that, in that they were documenting people who went through the great depression and the dust bowl and whatnot because they were talking about dust and everything Uh and that i remember when i first saw it that's what i thought they were like that's what they were going for at first um because it it was so so much more similar to the the dust bowl than anything yeah so i think it's also like they wanted to act as if you were entering a world that was very much unlike ours Mm -hmm. because i mean sure it's earth but you know, there's there's dust bowls, and they're running out of food, mm-hmm. and it's literally killing us. And yeah. that is not something that we necessarily, as a whole, or at least for modern movie going audiences, experience on a day to day life. And this is it's a very different world for us, regardless of it being on the same planet. Mm-hmm. So it introduces you to a place that's very very different with the brown, and it's a different feeling. And I like the. The documentary style, not only because I mean it goes full circle at the end because yeah, that's yeah. like the informational they, video. They, like as soon as you see it at the as soon as you see the ending, you're just like, oh yeah, oh that that's where that yeah. ties in. But it's it it gets you into this world that is very different, mm-hmm. and you have to you have to understand that in order to move forward. And I think that was a very interesting way of doing it. It's very different. I didn't I hadn't really thought about it before. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably the only time I think I've seen like a something close to a documentary in a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, as yeah. far as I can remember. You know. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, and then we get introduced to the uh, M- to Matthew McConaughey's character Cooper and his daughter Murph. I think they have they they shine in this movie. Their characters mm-hmm. they have just a fantastic relationship of father and daughter. But it, I love that it does change, and you see it from both their perspectives of like you you get them together and then you see it from the both of their perspectives of being away from each other and their relationship really is kind of the the foundation of this entire movie i don't think this movie would have worked without without seeing more of murph if like if cooper had just gone and left you know it would have been just like it's a space movie you know (laughs) you wouldn't have that like that emotional connection or anything if if it didn't have murph like and it showed him you know driving off in the truck when he was like crying uh, because he was leaving his daughter for years and years, um, you wouldn't ha- if it didn't have Murph and he was just driving off in his truck. You wouldn't have that that emotional feeling of a father leaving his daughter. Yeah, which then, it, yeah, it just, it just sets everything up. And the little the the child who plays Murph gives a fantastic childhood child performance. Mm-hmm. One of which we haven't seen a lot of very great ones yeah, in yeah. a while. That That is one that stands out to me in recent years, at least as her. I can't remember her yeah. name, but she kills it. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic. There's a lot of people in this movie that I think just, there, there are only a couple people that I think just kind of aren't as good as they should be. Um, but I think the characters overall 
are very well written. Yeah. Um, I think this movie overall is is fairly well written. I mean, there are I think there are some plot holes, obviously, and there are some um, issues with it. But overall, the characters and the way that the story moves like forward is done pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cooper is enlisted by NASA to go um, find another planet for um, because Earth is dying and we have to, you know, repopulate and continue, you know, like being a, being the human race and try yeah. and save. Yeah, uh, like save we, can't, we can't live on Earth anymore. Exactly. Because it's not habitable. So we send um, Matthew McConaughey's character Cooper, Dr. Brand played by Anne Hathaway, um, Wes Bentley, um, his character Doyle, and I can't remember the actor's name, but his name is uh, Romley. Um, and they send them up to, into space to go travel a wormhole that's just off the course of Saturn to find three planets. Um, they're trying to they're trying to get to three planets. One of which is um, from this one of the characters, Doctor Man. The other one is Doctor Edmund, and uh, the other one is oh, who's the other one? There's another one. There's three planets there's, they're trying yeah, to get yeah. to. Um, so this um so chris or um matthew mcconaughey's character cooper you see that he does have like a kind of an inner dilemma or it's even like external like of doing this because he knows he has to save the world or does to try to mm-hmm. um but he doesn't want to leave his family you see that that is the most important thing for him yeah yeah like that and even though i there's the scene where he goes to the parent-teacher conference and i think what's interesting oh, yeah. about this scene is that even the like the principal played by David Oyelowo, fun fact, you know, when he was in Selma, it came out this exact same year. He's oh, the really? principal. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and the the school teacher, they say like, yeah, the Apollo moon landing was fake, and I think even like the principal says like, yeah, this world is really not meant for you. You know, this is not something we don't need engineers or scientists. You know, yeah. we ran out of food, not robots. We need or- we need farmers and yeah, we need farmers and people to grow crops and whatnot. That's what they need now and. He goes off, didn't he? He went off in a, on his whole his whole thing on um his wife dying. Yeah, like um, it, from cancer, or brain yeah. tumor, or something like that. Yeah, like without this technology, you know, this these advancements in technology, we probably would have found, you know, my wife's MRI. Like yeah, the yeah. MRI would have actually helped, you know. And mm-hmm. these, it, we need these things still to stay alive. So, but that's a great setup because this world is is doesn't seem like it's meant for him but he feels he needs to stay behind he where he feels that he want he has to be with his family but he knows that overall the better thing to do is to help humanity as much as it tears him apart yeah. you know which is it, it does make him very human because he cares more about his family than anything and and that is something that's relatable mm-hmm. you know um <laughs> oh, excuse me Feel free to add anything and cut me off if you want. It's okay. If you have anything to say. It's okay. Um, so, I think, obviously... So, once we get into space, we get some marvelous uses of CGI. And oh, just the, beautiful the, um, visual effects. The, bla- the uh, part where they're going through the wormhole. It's everything that happens yeah. in space is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I thought... I think the, the sequence with the wormhole was like probably some of the best visual effects work i've ever seen just because of like it's just something i've never seen before because no no movie that i've that i know of was that like scientifically accurate on how how traveling through a wormhole would actually feel yeah and i remember seeing it in the theater with you know with that that theater sound system that i was talking about you felt 
the rumble. You felt them going through um, the wormhole, just all the all the little tiny bits and pieces, and even the sound design. Which I remember, I watched this one documentary, this one small video um, about the sound design of Interstellar, and they talked about the sound the sound design for that particular sequence, and they got like so many different details down just for that like they got they just got like you know small rattles from like a plane and they put like subwoofers inside of um a cockpit and like they turn them up and let the let everything rattle about and it was just such an organic way of doing sound design for a sequence like that it seems like yeah that's another like thing where they wanted to get like the actual feel of it and didn't make mm-hmm. it one of the seem fake when it actually is fake you know yeah they did brilliant ways of lighting like they didn't i, lo- I loved watching I, I watched a lot of interviews and things like that after this movie yeah, came yeah. out and i remember saying that like they didn't use green screen for it yeah, yeah. there's no green screen um there's definitely cgi yeah. but just amazing uses of lighting and like practicality to get those visual feels mm-hmm. and obviously adding to the CGI. And it just, it makes it so much more real. Mm-hmm. This was the definite experience where I was like, this is, this feels like real space. And the only other time that I had actually seen that in the theater was with Gravity that came oh, out the year before yep. then. I saw, I saw Gravity. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, two very different films mm-hmm. for sure. A um, lot of people compare those films, but I, I don't really think that they're just because they're in space. That doesn't mean they're comparable. Yeah. Very, very different. I think, you know, gravity takes a smaller idea and puts it in the vastness of space mm-hmm. where I think Interstellar has a little bit of a bigger idea and story. As much as I love gravity, don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. Interstellar, I, f- I felt, was is very much bigger, larger in life and story. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the wormhole secret- sequence, all of that is just is breathtaking. Um, so we get on the ship and he and Cooper has to leave his family and we meet. All, all the science obviously we were with all the scientists but then we get to meet tars the robot oh tars yeah who is as almost as perfect as a comedic side character could be <laughs> because he's not stupid no he's not useless he's you know he's, he actually comes in handy at one point he's yeah. not he's like the only the only like st- other stupid sci-fi character that i can think of is like c3po from star wars who doesn't I remember it's. I remember C three PO not being that helpful overall. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like the only other sci fi care uh, sci fi um, sidekick sidekick like comedic uh, comedic character that I can think of. Uh-huh. But um, Tars was like probably the most useful comedic character yeah. that I've ever seen. And he did, and he had a fair mixture. You know, he didn't overdo it. You know, no, he no. was helpful and actually like had input. And was a pivotal character, mm-hmm. but was also really funny. And they they just blended it so well with mm-hmm. sophistication and goofiness. Yeah. They, I, you don't see that very often, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so very much well done. And another interesting tidbit, over the course of the movie, you see that uh, Cooper, like, he sort of has, like, a distance between... Uh, he, he has, like, a distance from TARS a little bit at the beginning of the film. But then as it progresses on, it's almost like... Um, it's almost like they're partner partners in crime or something like that. Yeah, because they they get they become more just like friendly towards each other, especially towards the last part where where he's um on the giant spaceship, uh-huh. the giant that giant spaceship that's like you know got the weird uh 
walls that go upward and whatnot when he finally finds his his old house and then tars is inside and he's actually like trying to fix tars up just because like that's the only other character that he knows of right now yeah that's the only other character that he knows is alive and well yeah yeah Yeah. it's that they develop like a nice little like relationship too Mm -hmm. And it works. Like, they seem like they're actually, like, they, they, they work well with each other. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, Tars works with, with everyone. Yeah, yeah. I really liked Anne Hathaway's character, mm-hmm. Dr. Brand. I, I mean, I think Anne Hathaway's a fantastic actress. I think she's one of the best working right now. She so is. She gives a very um, human performance and one that is driven, obviously, by love, which we find out later for Dr. Yeah, Edmund. Yeah. Um, but you you see how passionate she is about obviously about space exploration but about you know saving the world and the she's looking at it from the genetic side of breeding and she just feels that like not only is this what she she wants she definitely wants to do it but she she feels like she needs to do it and it blends together and just creates this overwhelming amount of passion that she feels and you see that come through mm-hmm. and it's you know done so, and she does such a great job and while she there are some like kind of moments of conflict between them because she thinks that Cooper is just trying to think about himself and she's thinking about like overall it it just works so well like she's not she's not one of those characters that's just like useless or I'm really happy that her and Cooper didn't have a romance like yeah, that yeah. like just was like you know what like that I'm glad that wasn't just thrown in because I think yeah because we would, see that, that a lot worked. yeah that, it wouldn't it wouldn't have worked between them no but think. like I mean at some points you kind of think that it is going to happen because we're so used to something like that. Yeah. And especially like with American audiences, we expect that to happen or that to be the final goal. And sure, this movie is about love and relationships, but it's they're They're separate. Those two characters definitely need each other in this movie. And I think they do it like well in that sense. It is about it. The film is about love and relationship, but it is, it's more about relationship between father and daughter, not, lover and lover yeah fam- like kind of family yeah, yeah yeah um so they get to miller's planet that's the other planet that's mm-hmm. the one inhabited entirely by water that's right and uh this sequence i thought was really tense like had some mm-hmm. really good especially with the sound design of the of the waves and just of the music uh, just everything blended together mm-hmm. made a really really great tense sequence of you know, we have to go now. And it almost like kind of gets you by surprise. Cause I actually thought, I remember watching it and they're like, Oh, over there near the mountains. And it's like, Oh, they're not, those are mountains. mountains. Those are waves. Yeah. (laughs) I'm terrified of the ocean. So when they turned around and saw that giant wave, Oh my God, that's, it was horrifying (laughs) in the theater, you know, but it made for general or um, genuine feels. And it, it really kind of, it really did push them along and made it more um, intense Mm -hmm. and, you were just like I remember like gripping the edge of my seat and was just like they gotta go they gotta go you know <laughs> and um and sadly they lose um Doyle um yeah, yeah. I think that Doyle I had no emotional attachment to him this is a problem that I have I don't think his character I mean as much as I think Wes Bentley does a good job in his mm-hmm. performance I don't think his character was needed very well I don't I don't think so either because I don't really remember. I don't really remember much about him. Yeah, really. He he was just kind of, just kind of there. Yeah. Um. He was just kind of the fact. He was the fact guy. Yeah. You know. He was just the one that did all the research and whatnot, and um, he was kind of like the the smart guy of the group, yeah. so to say. And that's another issue I have with the movies that like, 
kind of like going along with his character the scene in the beginning when they first get to nasa there's a whole you know that whole 15 minute sequence is very much all exposition heavy mm-hmm. and it's heavy heavy like there's yeah. a lot of there's it. a lot of it condensed into one small part of the yeah. movie and on paper i understand that this information is it's crucial yeah and yeah. it's and you need to understand it and get like the scientific aspect of it but it's a lot mm-hmm. in 15 minutes to the point where it's like oh my god this is like this isn't even like a story at the, like in this particular this moment it's almost like a history lesson and it's just it, it was too much i feel at that point so that and uh, that kind of adds into the part where there's some parts in this whole movie overall where the pacing is a little like kind of like yeah. some parts are i i know you need moments to breathe but especially towards the third act it's a lot of like okay you think it's going to end here Okay, you think it's going to end here. Okay, you think it's going to end here. And then it actually ends. So you're like, and it's not necessarily like, I, I like, it needs to end now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like, there are times where it's like, okay, it's just. It just gets like tiring after a while. Yeah, a little bit. And it is a long movie. It's two mm-hmm. hours and 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And it, I wouldn't necessarily say it feels like three hours because I think it feels a little bit less. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like, like, I, I feel like, like the times it's just like you're waiting. You're just waiting for it to happen because you, you know the feeling. And sometimes it's just like it's kind of just pushed off to the side, you know? Yeah. And like like you said, with pacing issues and whatnot, with that one 15 minute sequence where they were just explaining dialogue, I I felt that the pacing with that, that was just like it was really quick. So whenever I could, whenever I intook something, whenever um, they were explaining something about how how the world was ending and they need to find a uh, different planet and then like they went on to like breathing breathing and it, it's just like it was a lot for me to take in and like i'm one of those people who like i need to think about something for a second before you move on to a yeah. different topic so i thought that that sequence was just it was too quickly paced yeah yeah i, I would definitely agree with that yeah yeah um those are those are definitely my biggest issues we'll talk about a few more that i have later but um so because of the whole time jump and different they have to and because of the wave they have to stay on miller's planet for about an extra hour which counts for seven years back on earth and also because they are on the planet um romley who's back at the ship the space station also gains years so when they get back they were gone for 23 years it was something it was 23 yeah. yeah and i remember watching that and i was just like wow like and you do feel like it goes by so fast on that on that planet they're only there obviously in like screen time it's only like a couple minutes yeah but um you know it's it's and it's 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 half this it's like a quarter of this man's life he's just gone he's <laughs> yeah. there alone with tar or with um with one of the i don't even know if he's there with anybody cars and case is the case, other yeah. so he's there with case and just for 23 years i couldn't imagine being just with one person it just a, a robot on a, on a ship on a ship for, for 23 23 years, years. Yeah. it's insane I, I can't even imagine what it would be like to see them again you know to yeah i feel like um who was the who's the character that they came back to on the ship when they got back from miller's planet that's romley romley yeah. yeah um i feel like his reaction was a bit like he's just like under I've, underplayed he's like i've waited years yeah you know? it, it's it's a bit underplayed because after not seeing anybody for 23 years i feel like his reaction would be a bit bigger than that yeah so that that's another it's very very small gripe but that's that's another yeah small you think you definitely think that he would be like 
oh my god like kind of awestruck yeah yeah you know because you see someone one minute and then 23 years later you expect them to be you know a whole new person but they're not you yeah. know they're, they're literally the same as if they left yesterday yeah you know? um so they come back from miller's planet and so um they have 23 years of messages stored up so matthew mcconaughey and Anne hathaway watch their messages and uh this is one of the best moments in acting i've seen from matthew mcconaughey because at this point you know he had he's coming off a success he's riding the high of a uh, mud true detective and dallas buyers club and so he's just been dominating with actual good acting mm-hmm. in this t- like what they called the reconnaissance at this time <laughs> you know um so he and I think if you ever need a moment to prove that Matthew McConaughey can act and has done it, it's this scene where he's watching his kids talk to him. Mm-hmm. It's it's heartbreaking in a way because, you know, we all have those people that we love and you can't imagine spending, I mean, this band, he's been away from them for, you know, he's missed everything. Pretty much, you know, yeah. And, you know, we all have those people, you know, that we love dearly and, you know, going a, even just like a few weeks sometimes without seeing them is just like, oh, well, that's like, you know, you miss them, but this mm-hmm. this man has missed half of his child's life. And as a father, that's got to be like just about the worst, the worst possible situation for you to be in. Yeah, exactly. Is missing half of your half of your child's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he just he gives such a human performance, full of like very raw emotion. Mm-hmm. It makes total sense, and he has children yeah, at home, yeah. so it's definitely easy for him to draw inspiration. And then we're finally introduced to Murph as an old as an adult she's um it's she, in the message she says it's her birthday and she's the exact same age as she said that she, um that as when he left as when he left when he said mm-hmm. like maybe we'll come back and we'll be the same age yeah um and I, th- I feel like in that moment cooper feels obviously he's very devastated and he's just angry and i think now he's starting to wish that he can just go home and like give it all up yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but the story switches and we go back down to earth um <laughs> things are getting worse you know, crops are just completely dying everywhere. Casey Affleck portrays um, Matthew McConaughey's son. Uh, which, by the way, um, the 15-year-old Tom, that's his thats his son's name, yeah, is played yeah. by Timothy Chalamet from uh, Lady Bird and Call Me By Your Name that came out last year. Really? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize that until just a few months ago. <laughs> and re-watching it, he, does, he looks just so different because his hair is really short mm-hmm. and he, he just sounds so different. So it was just like, oh, wow, you know, before he, you know, made it big, he had a big year this year, um, which yeah, which yeah. was really cool. I've been hearing <clears throat> his name a lot more lately. So. Yeah, as well. I think people should. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um, things are just like everything just seems to be going wrong. You know, they're they can't like, um, doctor. Professor Brand can't figure out his formula and that he's been working on for his entire life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Murph is just completely upset with still with her dad and. Um, her brother won't won't leave the farm you know that they they should because their son coop has now like their their first child jesse passed away and um their grandfather john lithgow's character passed away as well That's um, right. really cool to see john lithgow in this movie by the way um i i enjoyed his character a lot yeah you know kind of the funny senile grandpa yeah um but the you see that the, this area, this dust bowl, is literally killing. The Earth is killing people, um, way and better we, than in the happening. Yeah, and we know? see that in um, Cooper's son. What was Cooper's son's name? Again? Tom. Tom. That's right. We see it in Tom's uh, son, who's got like um, 
something in his, in his lungs yeah. and he's like coughing really bad so just by that alone we can see that like life on earth is getting worse and worse and yeah. worse and there's um there's the constant crop fires mm-hmm. and just everything is going wrong for them this whole process was started because of the, th- the theory of gravitational beings and they had a plan a and a plan b mm-hmm. plan a was gonna be um allowing you know so many people from earth to go to this planet getting them there that way saving yeah, humanity yeah. that way plan b was to use the um i think they were using like embryos yeah like frozen embryos oh, yeah. it, they just yeah plan b was to send off just those particular people so matthew mcconaughey cooper and dr brandon all them just send them away and then use the embryos to like create new people on a different planet that was plan b right um and we find out that Dr. Brand never planned on plan A actually working out. Mm-hmm. There was never a way for, you know, people on Earth to be transported in a mass amount to this planet yeah. in a timely fashion. There was no way that that was going to happen. It was all a lie and they were all set up. So, didn't he and he said um the main reason was that the main reason that it wouldn't work was because of gravity. It was it was something something about his formula solving the issue with gravity. They said they never like accounted for time changing the time. They said that the the factor of time stayed constant, but they never changed that, Um, which we which comes in to play later. Mm -hmm. Um, So Professor Brand dies and Murph is left with this horrible secret. Like, you know, do we tell people that, Mm -hmm. you know, literally life on Earth may just become extinct and there's literally nothing for us to do? Yeah, Yeah. Or, you know, do we keep that a secret and try and have people just continue to live their lives? and it's it that is a huge moral dilemma um i you know part of me kind of wishes that they would show that kind of inner conflict a little bit more but there's only so much that you can fit into this you know size of a movie mm-hmm. with these two stories going on so yeah, yeah. i digress for, I, I digress for that fact but i i loved the switch i think the switch is done really well from space back to earth mm-hmm. and you see that both issues problems are going completely awry yeah, yeah. you know life on earth is just is a horrible and then you know life in space everything just seems to be going wrong and they're running out of options both of them there there's the the plan either way is just falling apart back um on the back in space um uh, cooper brand and um romley go down to man's planet because they said that uh, dr brand was only wanting to go to edmund's planet because she was in love Mm-hmm. with dr um edmund and that led to the this her whole um speech about love mm-hmm. and uh love transcending time which i wasn't a big fan of that scene i was okay with it like i think i think it's an interest like i like the message because i think that's the central message of the movie yeah. which we can which we can relate to a little bit later but it does seem a little bit cheesy. It's, you know it's I mean? cheesy, and it also I don't think it fits with her character. Mm-hmm. She seems like a very like um, by the numbers person. She doesn't seem like I don't know. I, I don't know why. To me, she doesn't seem like she would think that love ties in with science or anything like that. I mean, she's definitely I, passionate about it, and that's a type of love. But yeah, it definitely yeah. it seems a little bit weird. Like you know, she's you know kind of. She was yelling at Cooper for, you know, thinking about only his family and trying to get back. 
but she's also thinking about Dr. Edmund. So yeah. it's it may seem a little bit hypocritical. I I could be wrong about that, but it, it just it is a little bit weird. The yeah. message that she's trying to get across fits in. But with just, with her character, it is a it is a little yeah, different I just for sure. I didn't think it was executed that well. I don't know. I just I wasn't a big fan of that whole that whole part of the movie. Yeah, it is um it it, it definitely doesn't fit in the most yeah. Like as well as it probably could have otherwise, but they still end up going to man's man's planet where they meet Doctor Man, um, which is the biggest cameo surprise Matt I've Damon, ever seen yeah. in my entire life. They never showed him in the trailer or anything. Matt Damon. They never yep. showed him or put him in advertising. He's or not. Yeah. Just, they don't. Oh, hey, here's Matt Damon. They don't market it at all that yeah. he's in it. He's not. I mean, he doesn't have a big part. I mean, he has a big role but the size of his actual part isn't you know it's only like you know 10 minutes yeah yeah um so i i i'm like i like matt damon a lot mm-hmm. i think he yeah, yeah he's not something that's his characters don't seem like something uh that is just so outlandish and crazy they always seem like people mm-hmm. in my eyes he just seems like a like a regular guy um and that's what i and he gives a good performance here his character though the whole evil turn i understand like I understand his motivations, mm-hmm. which you know they they make sense. You know he's there forever. He's been on this planet for years, and he, and he was uh, frozen, and he was just expecting he was, to die. He wasn't frozen. He was uh, sleeping. Yeah, in cryo sleep. Yeah, yeah. So, but he and he said like you know I I didn't set an end time or a wake time on my last one. I wasn't expecting to live. Mm-hmm. You know, and which in that I guess in that mentality. It does seem like all hope is lost. You know, the rest of your crew is. Yeah. They just seem like. And he has no way to get back. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, so it's sort of like a. Just. It's like he accepted. He just accepted that he was going to yeah. die. So he just like tried to do it peacefully. So when the first sign of help comes along, he realizes that he has to get off. Like, there's no. Like, he is getting off this place mm-hmm. so i understand i can get into the, men- the mindset of why he would want to just leave and kind of maroon yeah, yeah. all of them and do it for himself i understand that what i don't understand is why you know he's a smart guy you mm-hmm. know that he's he they say he's the brightest out of all of them and he is a very accomplished scientist and astronaut when he goes to the space station and blows out the airlock, you know, why wouldn't he just listen to them and say that the, like there was a problem with the lock and he just goes ahead with it anyway? I feel like he should at least know that or at least check it all. And even there's an error, like not locked properly, not yeah. locked properly. He should have just been like, oh, shit, you know, that would kill me. I feel I like didn't, I didn't realize that until now, which is like it does seem like he would be smarter than that to, yeah. to realize that it, his his death was like kind of silly. Because mm-hmm. he, he didn't pay attention to anything that was going on around him. He didn't, you know, nothing nothing was locked properly or anything like that. So it, he died from his own sort of ignorance. Yeah. I guess maybe maybe you could say that he was like so focused on trying to get into the space station that he wasn't like focused on anything else. Yeah. So maybe maybe that could be an excuse for him. But I don't know. I feel it, like it, does, his, it does seem weird. I feel like it, his it was death just, was a little bit silly. Yeah. Now, it, maybe we're focusing a little bit too much on negatives right now. Maybe let's shift to something, take a break from the story for a second and mm-hmm. talk a little bit more about the technical aspect. We've talked about, obviously, the CGI. Mm-hmm. Sound design is fa- fantastic. You know, obviously, when you're in space, it's quiet because mm-hmm. space is a vacuum. They do that really well. Yeah. And yeah. the shifting back and forth. Um, I think the two shining elements of this movie is every shot 
is you know breathtaking the mm-hmm. cinematographer on this i can't remember his name uh it wasn't uh wally feister who did all of the uh christopher nolan's previous movies it was uh uh hot van heitem i think is how you say it, or hotem hotema however mm-hmm. you say his name um he has done movies such as um he did specter and then he did dunkirk and uh he also did her with um spike jones oh yeah that's right so and he is from switzerland i believe um so he did a fantastic job as a cinematographer oh yeah every single that he uses the scenery so well is everything is so beautiful every everything is just it's like a painting like like the saying goes every frame is a painting yeah so i just think i just think space is beautiful in general like yeah. I, I just love I just love the way that space looks. Um and the way that they were able to capture it, even even if it wasn't real, but the way that they were able to capture it was just it was just like incredible to me. Yeah. And I, I this is kind of a yeah, he definitely made space beautiful. And I think this is one of the differences I see between this movie and two thousand one is that um, you know, th- this movie makes space beautiful and marvelous. Mm-hmm. 2001 made you terrified of space you yeah. know is is you are just you never want to go into space again not saying this movie makes me want to go into space but it just there makes definitely it problems with it and yeah, going it, into space and whatnot but, but everything and even on earth even though it's so dusty and just like kind of gross the colors are used so well everything's very vibrant yeah, yeah. while also being just brown mm-hmm. it's just everything just it looks so good yeah they they did a great job and yeah um and of course it goes without saying that Hans Zimmer is a genius in music and this by far in my personal opinion is his best score I adore the score for this movie this soundtrack I I'm pretty sure I'd, I think I downloaded it onto my phone because I think it is just the most emotionally driven soundtrack that I've ever heard in a film before I just I think Every like every time I hear those those two notes that are played like in the main theme, I just it just like brings me it brings me to a place that just like has so much emotion and just like raw power. Yeah. I, it's just such a powerful soundtrack D- from the from the instrument of the organ alone. Because I know that he he didn't use like electronic instruments or anything. I, I watched a documentary on like the making of the music. He didn't like use electronic instruments or anything like that. I don't think. Um, but he used like actual, um, an actual organ, like from a church, from like a, yeah. a steeple or a church or something like that. So, um, just the amount of power that this soundtrack has, because he, I remember Christopher Nolan literally like, gave him the idea for the story and then didn't even tell him that it was um or wait i think i think he just told him it was like it was about a think of it as about it was about relationships and love think about it as a father father and a daughter he told me it was about father and daughter he didn't even know it was about space yeah so the back in the early 2000s or something like that yeah yeah and then so he wrote the soundtrack or he composed the soundtrack based entirely off of human relationship and since he's a father himself Hans Zimmer he was able to to tap into that yeah yeah he was able to look into that and put himself in the situation of being a father and what it's like so 
just the fact that the soundtrack doesn't have any sort of correlation to being in space yeah is just like it's it gives the film sort of more of a look into the relationship between the father and daughter and not not the space aspect of it i think it, mm-hmm. even then also the the music itself does kind of fit in with the theme of that you know love mm-hmm. transcends time and space and this score you know it isn't very space like or you wouldn't see it in like a traditional sci-fi movie yeah yeah. it is very much about the human characters and their relationships and it it just works on both sides it just brings out the characters more exactly in that sense yeah that those those are i think the best things about this movie is the way it looks and the way it sounds Mm -hmm. um not to say i don't like the story because i do i think it's very well done there are just some problems with it um so after they leave they um they leave man's planet um with the with the blown airlock they have to they only have enough fuel to get one of them back to to edmund's planet and so tars sacrifices himself but then cooper also sacrifices himself because he knows that he's not going to be able to make it either yeah um which then lands him in the fifth dimension of space and time inside the black hole inside the black hole of gargantua and he sees moments from every single moment spent in his daughter's bedroom Mm -hmm. i remember now i remember the first time that i saw the movie in the theater and i remember the exact moment that he entered the black hole i was just like questionable at that point because i was just like where's this film gonna go now yeah because we we don't know what happens when someone goes into a black hole we don't know what's inside a black hole we don't really know yeah so i was just i was questioning at that point once he was inside i was just like where is this film gonna go yeah and then once he ejects from uh the spit his uh, uh spaceship and he's just floating around inside i'm just like where is this going yeah and then you are intrigued yeah and then like the shot with the camera shaking and his legs are on the side and we see like all these lights below and i'm just like what the hell what the hell is that and then he like lands inside he just like lands inside of this just like what seems to be a chasm of just lights and movement and there's so much going on at once and i'm just like what is going on yeah yeah it's just like that part of the movie when I first saw it, I was just like, I was just like, what's what's going on? Like, yeah. what what is happening? I definitely thought that this is kind of the part where, you know, some audience members will just turn it like just they, yeah. they turn their brains off a little bit. Not I'm, and they shouldn't because I think this is the part where it's it's very out there. And I think I think the what the story does really well, honestly, is I think that it does have good a good way of tying it together mm-hmm. overall with what happens in the beginning because that yeah. that's what sends them on this whole journey is this gravitational anomaly that gets their um attention and causes them to go on this journey um and, and the way that it ties together in the end cuz there's so much so much like unexplained stuff that happens at the beginning that there's like no way that they can just leave it behind yeah. without tying it in the end yeah to me like i actually like i turned my brain up more yeah like because i was trying to understand what was going on a lot more i think it's it's definitely something that's out there but you have to it is something that you have to think about i think a lot of american audiences will be or audience members i guess will are turned off by certain things like this because it's too complicated yeah or it's not very much handed to them you know Mm -hmm. as something as maybe something else you know and you really do have to think about it and so 
I like that this whole thing is tied in and that it's about parenting. It's about being mm-hmm. a parent to your child through sp- like I, I like that he, uh, that Matthew McConaughey was the ghost for Murph. Yeah, My yeah. only issue with it is that the scene where he gives the coordinates of NASA, yeah, the thirty three or whatever. I understand that the reasoning behind it is to like they chose Murph is the one that needs to save everybody with the algorithm that he does through the watch that she that they he gave her at the beginning of the movie that is yeah, synced yeah. up with his. He does it through Morse code. But also wouldn't so because like so she's chosen and she has to save the world. But yeah. also wouldn't another part of Cooper understand that like part of me was thinking like what if he just um at first I was just like, well, why doesn't he just not do that? Like then it prevents him from going. So he stays with his family. But then another part of me was like, well, Cooper's not a selfish person. He, no, no. He is a very selfless person. So at first I was like, well, that's dumb. Why didn't he just not do that? Because then that just negates everything. But then I was like, well, he knows that Murph has to be the one. And none of this happens unless he he goes. Yeah, yeah. And it is heartbreaking, but he has to be there for her to make sure that it's not it's not about him anymore. And he does have... um he does have that good moment it's like yeah it's us we are the ones that like kind of watch over that like that are we are that anomaly if you will like it is about us like from and even says to dr brand like in the like halfway through the movie when they're on uh miller's planet and he's like well it could be like so you mean they're communicating to us through the future and at the end that's a good for that's a really good foreshadowing moment to the end Mm -hmm. um and I, I think that that, you know, does kind of accent the message and it's done. And I'll touch on this a little bit later, but I think that the tie into it, honestly, overall, the ending is done pretty well. That that section I, of it. I thought it, I thought it was done pretty well, too, just because it's something it's something that we've never seen before. And it it's that entire ending of the movie, like before that, uh with Cooper sacrificing himself and all that, it was, um, there was a lot of human emotion, but there was also like, um, a lot of like scientific parts to the movie. And then once he goes into the black hole is when it comes into play with, um, with human emotion more. Yeah. So just even like the emotional twist on that, I thought was, really like well done yeah and i know it, you said it doesn't appeal to most audiences because it makes them have to think yeah. but i i'm the type of person who likes to think about a movie yeah. even after i watch it yeah this one even watching it just last night it was like okay i still even though i know what's going to happen i'm still thinking about it to try and find its deeper meaning mm-hmm. and that there's a lot of like okay so this means that you know this relates to this in this way or in and, and it's a lot of putting the dots together, mm-hmm. um, which is good. Because I, 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 even if I'm just like, I don't care. I'm not going to put this together. This is dumb. Yeah. Then no. the movie hasn't done its job. No. But the fact that like, well, we're both glued and we're like, okay, this is very odd, but I want to know what this means. Means the movie succeeded. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So we at the very end we find out that um, we are. We we get back to the um to the Cooper station, um, named after Murph, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and Cooper's brought back. He's supposedly 124 years old, but and he still looks like yeah. he's 23 yeah. and whatnot. And he's uh, this this uh, this space station is orbiting Saturn, and it's a circular thing. That's so right. we see that um, the the whole the whole um, algorithm that Murph wrote worked. Yeah, that yeah. she succeeded. That and that Cooper succeeded in giving that to her. Yeah, yeah, and. Yeah, and we we don't see Casey Affleck's character again. Um, he's kind of, I, I would just uh, assume that maybe he just died or something. Uh, maybe because of old age or something like that. I don't, I don't know. Maybe part of me thinks that maybe he just decided to stay behind. He didn't want to go with um with them on this exploration because you know he was so attached to his home. Maybe he didn't go or just was stuck there. He might he might have died of like old age. Yeah, like. Like we see with Murph, she's like what, like eighty something yeah, years some, old or something yeah. like that. So, um, she probably or he probably did die of old age. I, that I didn't like how they didn't like. He's kind of pushed into the background. Yeah, they, I, I like what they do with him in the earlier years. What he mm-hmm. when he is kind of showing opposition to Murph and is like, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to like kind of the tradition traditional ways. But and then, as as the story goes on and on, he just he shows just up is, less yeah, and he's less just kind of, until he's just gone. Yeah, he's just yeah, and that's kind of a. That's a smaller gripe that I had because I'm not super yeah, focused yeah. on him, but at the same time, it's like he's there, and I I, I think they could have ended it a little bit better, you like know, it, and it is, with his character. It is about Murph, yeah. I, like again, it's about Murph, but like at least if they gave like some sort of explanation, yeah, that would have been a little bit better. Yeah, um, and it's really great to see. Um, so Ellen Burson plays Murph. It's really great to see Murph and Cooper reunite once again. You know, obviously it's. 70 years later mm-hmm. but it's really wonderful to see them back together again it's a it's emotionally fitting mm-hmm. and it's very satisfying it is yeah and it, it you, you just see it in both their faces that they the it, while what he did made her really angry they couldn't have been happier to see each other again mm-hmm. and it, it just it came back to them to that while he missed a lot, you know, he was still there at the end and he, he got what he wanted and he saw her again. And it was just, it, I think it was just a good fitting ending for her, for it both was, of them. Yeah. Um, and obviously the big ending is that we find out that um, Dr. Mann made it to Edmund's planet and it is habitable. You know, we see that the stations are set up and we see Dr. Bran, um, Dr. Bran is living there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Uh, I'm thinking, I'm not sure if that, um, if that means like it, like, obviously it means that it, it worked and that this, you know, they found the planet. Does that, I'm, I'm trying to think like, I think that's a very interesting ending place to end it that they did. They completed the mission in a way mm-hmm. and she kind of was fulfilled. And it does give a nice conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I don't folk when I think about this movie, I don't focus hang on let's get into the analysis side of it because obviously there's a lot to say mm-hmm. so with the final scene with the book ending that you know she is going to inhabit the plant this planet Eden's planet and it worked um to me i don't think about that ending i mean sure it comes to mind because it's the last shot yeah but yeah. more so for me i feel like like is that is that a new start to humanity? Is that like 
I don't understand. I don't. I don't fully know what that particular part means, other than just like she made it. It does leave a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah. but I, I like for me the biggest thing is that you know even though as we said that it's kind of a cheesy part when Doctor Man says you know life is the only thing that transcends time and space. I think that that is the the message of this movie. I think that and it ties into the part where Coop's in the wormhole and he. You know, he is watching over Murph. He is the one that moves their life forward. And that, I think, gets into the theme of parenting, mm-hmm. which Christopher Nolan and Emma Thomas, they have a young daughter, I believe. So, and I think she was only like a, a baby or even just like a very, very small child at this point of making the movie. Yeah, yeah. So, I think that that's the biggest thing. You know, he constantly said that this movie was about relationships. And he made it a very relatable movie. Would you agree? I think, well, since, you know, I'm not a father, so I don't, I don't entirely know the experience of being a father and being a parent to your own child. Um, So I couldn't relate to it in that aspect, but that's on my, that's on my own part. But um, I, I still feel like, I still feel like that, uh, I could relate to it probably more as Murph just Uh because, you know, I do because I do have parents and I couldn't imagine what it would be like if one of them left for most of my life. Mm -hmm. So um, I could I could sort of relate to it in that aspect. Yeah. Um, I see it from, I mean, my mom's perspective of, you know, you know, she her watching over my brother and I and Mm -hmm. always kind of being there for us and so I could see and like I think as I mean obviously I'm not a parent either but having that aspect and from that angle you know taking it in space exploration and it is a very kind of out there concept and like molding those two together but I think that we all can see since we all have that parental relationship if it even if it's good or if it's bad you know we see that and we see that he, that's what he wanted. He wanted a good life for Murph. And, you know, he wanted her to survive. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, more or less, obviously he was doing it for humanity, but he was doing it for her. And he realized that at the end that he was the watchful protector and he needed to make sure that she, like, got the algorithm and was able to save and, like, finish the work and was able to, like, you know, yeah, like, kind of save the world in a way. It was yeah, her, yeah. not him. Yeah. And I, and it's more important that she made it then because i don't think he was expecting to make it at the end yeah yeah do you do you think that like do you think cooper would be the main character of the movie or murph that's a tough question um i think it's shared fairly equally Mm -hmm. honestly because obviously it's surface level yes cooper's main character Yeah, yeah i would say so but i think since they both are pivotal characters to the story they both have their own situations that yeah. they're in. I think they're I think it's both it, it works both ways. Mm-hmm. Um and their relationship, whether or not it's a, it's a, whether she's mad at him or they're like they love each other in the beginning, it is the thing that drives the story forward, is their connection with each other, and obviously it's the thing that ends it all together at the end. So I think that that the fact that love is the only thing that does transcend time and space, I think that is a good takeaway from it. And this movie is about relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, it is something about you look at these characters and how they interact with each other and what their meaning is to each other, how they affect each other's lives. 
it kind of makes you think about <clears throat> how you affect others in your life yeah or how the people in your life have affected you to go a little bit deeper into it and i i, I think that while i think that that meaning stays with people and while i have problems with this movie sure yeah yeah they're the emotional core of it i think is what stays with me what about you do you think it's i th i think that's a very it's a very interesting and different um take on the movie but my personal takeaway from the movie was that it was about survival um i thought i just got more of a survival aspect from the movie with the human race and trying to survive um and trying to find different planets to survive on so i took more of a survival aspect from the movie one of the things that i found very interesting was that i was a little more geared towards being interested being interested towards uh the situations that the characters were in instead of like instead of the characters themselves um so interesting. yeah i just that's the the takeaway that i got from the movie i can see where that where that comes from that does make sense because kind of in the yeah. movie they are fighting for survival yeah yeah and they are kind of like like you see like cooper and them when they go when they get the flat tire and then the drone flies overhead yeah that's yeah. kind of like them they're almost hunting in a way and mm -hmm. they can use that for their own means yeah, yeah while it's a piece of technology and they're going to use it for work it still has the same basic premise as like kind of hunting for food because yeah. you're doing it for your own yeah your i own just fuel. i just got more of a survival a survival takeaway from the movie which does make the last shot kind of more prevalent in that takeaway mm -hmm. because that man did come out on top yeah. and that they will survive and they they are surviving on a different planet if not more ways than one yeah 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 I could say that's very interesting. I hadn't really, other than that one thing in the beginning that does, uh, that does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, uh, that's what I love about movies, I guess, in general, is that there's so many different things that could be taken away from a given film. Especially this one. Yeah. Which is, it's not, it's not as closed ended. It doesn't have one, it, as you just, you know, kind of demonstrated that it doesn't necessarily have one one way of you can't you, there's not just one way of looking at it yeah it's not like it's definitely this and yeah. anybody who thinks that is wrong yeah. it's it's like it can be this it can be something else it can be something else so that's that's another aspect to appreciate about the film yeah that it, it took it did many things while telling one story mm -hmm. which i i give them major props yeah yeah so our rating system our my rating system <laughs> on the podcast i like to do a rating system that's based on metals so um if you didn't know from uh, from top to bottom it goes platinum gold silver bronze participation and disqualification now just know that uh these are all relative it's not necessarily it may not be the easiest to just go like one like that yeah yeah you could be in between but also it, nothing has to be perfect to receive the platinum grade which i think you know some may fall into what, For, what was it again it was so platinum platinum gold platinum gold silver, silver bronze, bronze participation and disqualification okay so um, where where does this movie fall for you and give give us your thinking process um I'm with this film I would land I think 
I think I would land between silver and bronze. Interesting. Yeah, because while there were problems with the film, it was still really well done in that um, it demonstrates, like we said before, it demonstrates how a film can have multiple meanings and multiple interpretations to itself. Yeah. Um, and that you can take it in any way you want to. Mm-hmm. So, and I can appreciate, I adore any movie that does that. Yeah. Um, so silver and bronze for me, just mainly from that aspect alone and other aspects like the cinematography and the sound design and the visual effects yeah. and the scientific accuracy and just, I really think that it is Christopher Nolan's best film that I've seen so far. So silver between silver and bronze for you. For me, yeah. I would probably go between silver and gold, a little bit higher up, um, mainly because I can see myself watching this movie for years to come, honestly. And while I do have issues with it with either its pacing, a couple of the characters, and sometimes the story, like it's just like, uh, I'm not 100% sure. Overall, I think it's very well written and directed in a way that does grab your attention but tells a meaningful story and leaves you with something to either think about or that stays with you. Mm-hmm. And I think along with the beautiful performances, music and cinematography, I would probably say that this movie for me is a high silver, if not a low gold somewhere around there. Cause I still mm-hmm. think it is really good. And it's not my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. I personally like the prestige and inception and the dark Knight better, but this movie to me is still really good. So I would probably say about a high silver, if not a low gold for me. Yeah. Thank you for coming, Brian. No problem, Josh. That's going to do it for this episode of frankly, I love movies. Uh, check us out on, uh, we have, we have a Facebook page now. If you just look up frankly, I love movies on Facebook, you'll see the cover art and you could look us up on Twitter and, uh, um, uh, it's frankly, I love movies on there too. It's the same cover art as the episode and on iTunes, please leave us a rating and subscribe and leave us some feedback any feedback you want would definitely be helpful we're still trying to or i'm still trying to figure this whole stuff out i keep saying we because i feel like it's <laughs> um i'm still trying to figure all of this stuff out so any feedback that you can have would definitely be helpful and also if you want to see or listen to us do uh, a specific movie uh leave a comment and i'll definitely check it out and have a guest maybe maybe do a special episode uh, a special episode of it so please um anything that you give to us helps so tune in in two weeks on tuesday for a new episode of a new movie with a special guest till then i'm josh wall and frankly i love movies